spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I've dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy Ern's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andy Ern from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken hi guys andy and spoken label back in the house and in said on the tuesday evening is not going out tomorrow night it's a monday evening so we're on zoom got a local artiste with me today i would hesitate to call this lady with me today just to write her because she's Far from that. She's a great writer, but she also does so much else. So I'm going to let the lady in question introduce herself, because we've not met before yet, but she lives very near where I work, actually. So I suspect I might be having a coffee with her soon. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Heidi, obviously, tell people a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, of course, and tell us about the beginnings of your creative journey, because I've hinted at you are a fantastic writer, but you're not just a writer. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for that. The, the lady, <laughs> lady speaking. So, um, I my name's Heidi Hinder Chadwick, and I am a local writer, born and bred in Manchester. Um, currently living in the hub of the city centre, and yeah, I am a writer, um, an artist, performer, and I also work as a creative life coach these days as well and do some mentoring for young people in the arts as well so a little bit of a um a jill of all trades i suppose you could say yeah it's quite interesting that because i want to i want to touch on that in quite a bit of depth obviously first of all then now what came first then were you writing yourself when you were much, when you were much younger or was, was everything just built up over time for you one of my earliest memories, Andy, is uh, so to answer your question directly, no, art came first. And uh, so one of my earliest memories mm. is of being like in, I think it was an infant school and getting pulled up to go to the front of the class because I'd coloured in all of like the O's and the B's and the D's in my Janet and John book oh, and in all different colours. <laughs> and apparently that wasn't appreciated. I just had this memory of being called up to the front of the class and being told off in front of everybody and then having to go sit down again and, you know, bless that seemed like the, the obvious thing to do. Um, so art has always been there for mm. me. Um, that was the first thing. And for a long time, I was a painter and I used to sell my work and used to do markets as well, the creative markets in Manchester. 
back in the day when it was affordable for artists to have stalls doing the art markets. Oh, that was a long time ago. To, yeah, it was a long time ago when it was just in um, Albert Square as well, in little kind of makeshift shacks in the snow when we used to get proper snow in winter, I remember doing those. Oh, yeah. um, and then the writing, for sure. I, I think that started off about maybe 15 years ago and just started playing with adding words into my art and always used to journal used to love doing that and then I just started writing short stories and I began to go to um, an amazing writing group the women's writers group that's oh, yeah, yeah. been meeting for a long time and what oh, I loved yeah. I, I actually I tried a few writers groups interesting is I went on meetup I remember and looking at writers groups to attend and I think I went to one in a Weatherspoons or something in Manchester and you know, no offence to anybody, but it was full of, like, middle-aged blokes writing, like, sci-fi with women with huge, like, cone tits and stuff. And I was sat there thinking, don't think this is the right group for me here. No. Um, and then I managed to find this writer's group, and I just absolutely loved it. Like, women of all ages working in all different kinds of writing, really great feedback. Um, and it was through that group, really, that, you know, after a while of bringing different stories in, um having less support and encouragement and kind of went from there and it's still the big loves of mine now yeah yeah it's like i mean you're a really good example heidi of um, a creative person and i'm like this in a different way and i know my wife amanda is as well but you, you don't stand still like it was like you certainly like I said it's like see what you get out of your journey and stuff like i said it's like if people are wondering, obviously, like, well, should we, I'll just tell her basically what you what you also do. Some of it, mm. it's like you're also a creative life coach and mentor. Mm. Now, mm. and then, like on top of it, obviously, it's I'm reading something website. People are wondering, <laughs> I've just been lazy mm. in research. <laughs> like you hold a lot of deep trusting and safe spaces of people to access bold vulnerability and the creative freedom in a whole host of areas. Mm. And that's why yeah. it's really, really interesting, that because. Well, tell us then, obviously. Yeah. What made you want to go in this direction as a creative mm. person? Yeah, I think, you know, like going right back, I was really shy as a kid, like really, really shy and like very sensitive. I think a lot of creatives are. Like, yeah, I think no, that's I why was, we could. I definitely was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's how we can translate the world into create different art and responses. And I think you have to have that ability to be open enough to soak things in. But then in a weird way, you also have to be able to, you know, be strong enough to to cope with uh, the, the world and obviously you know the world right now is in bingo card of apocalypse quite honestly um so yeah so art for me I think when I was younger was a bit of an escape as well a little world I could go into I could make up stories used to you know have a great imagination I could draw and paint and so on um and then as I got into my teens I was really interested in therapy like art therapy psychotherapy really and what mm. makes people tick um so I that's always been there, like really fast, a fascination with people and why people are like how they are. And it wasn't until I trained to be a yoga teacher to begin with. So I spent 20 odd years teaching yoga when there were mm. only a few yoga teachers in Manchester. Oh, wow, wow. The thousands of them. Um, and yeah. I stopped teaching a few years ago. Yeah, I know it's, it's everywhere. It's great practice, obviously. Um, and then I, I became an art therapist as well in my 30s. And actually, didn't really want to be an art therapist per se, but I wanted to work with the facilitation, have the tools to run creative workshops with people. So I was doing a lot of stuff with movement, bringing the yoga stuff in, painting, writing, but knowing that I had the skills 
to hold stuff that might come up for people because obviously art can be incredibly cathartic and healing and it's it's really powerful um so yeah and then that changed over the years and I studied creativity coaching with Eric Maisel if you've not heard of him I absolutely recommend checking him out he's got some amazing books um and he was like the first creativity coach really he just worked he was, he was a psychotherapist that ended up just working with artists because he realized that people who are artists were born differently that they have to have a sense of meaning for life and like understand things deeper so he devoted like his life to working with creatives developed this whole creative coaching work which for me kind of brought everything together like the psychotherapy aspect of it the human nature mm. the mythic side of it but particularly working with creative process which has always fascinated me um so yeah so that's what i i do now work as a creative life coach so working a lot with artists and writers and performers but also with anybody who's lost touch with that creative spark and that flow in the life and just wants to get a little bit of that baba boom back again and and when we work on one area it impacts all the other areas of our life as well um, and I absolutely love it really really love it no it can get completely you tell from talking to you then like you've got a big love on it and it was like i was just looking before and wanting your you're the creative genius page on facebook i can see you've got a lot of love for all kinds of circles like where this is a bit of a random random off topic this one but like you've yeah. been also been recently helping out with a dear friend of yours giles mountain haven't you yeah it didn't happen in the end he was gonna oh, to Manchester and then it doesn't happen but but oh, he will I will get him up here yeah he's I mean he's this is like one of these things as well he's probably similar age I don't know how old you are I'm not gonna ask um oh, but, I don't mind know, I'm, of, I'm 50 so nothing else. yeah okay so same 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 we're on the same mm. age and Giles is as well and he's given up his city job he lives down south in his Scott I think four kids you know, kind of been in that kind of role and position for a long time. And he's just given it up last year to focus on his his art, his creativity, which is doing sound work and working with different um, instruments and doing voice work and stuff. And he's amazing. He's got the most beautiful, beautiful energy. And he's just, he's doing really well with it. And it just shows you as well that you can, there's never too late to pursue your, your creativity and oh, to go for something completely. that you absolutely love doing and trust in that and um so yeah I was gonna I was said we should do a tour go around the country because I've run stuff at mine like I used to run a speakeasy at mine I only did a few nights um I just absolutely loved just having people that were like either crowdfunding for albums and I'm getting this guy Omar who used to busk in Manchester I used to play um like Spanish guitar in Manchester young lad I probably saw him. Probably saw him yeah, you might have done it. He was off and around King Street and I just got chatting with him one day and kind of would see him over X amount of months and always have a natter. And, and then when I put this night on, I asked him if he wanted to support the guy that was playing. And, and it was amazing because he got to do all his crazy sounds like looping this, that and the other, very spacey that he couldn't do out in the public. He had to play like, you know, familiar things. Yeah. Um, so I love doing things like that, like a bit like yourself, you know, creating a container for people to come. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm always like, got my hands in probably like you, lots of pies and probably too many half the time. And me, that's my problem. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, um, 
I'm working like and you know, I think you know I do I do ambient music myself and devotion and vocal. And I've got an album on the way with Amanda at the moment because Amanda's a fantastic writer in her own right. So I'm recording bits of her writing and blah, putting music over it. But then I've got another band on the go. Uh, my friend Polly, who lives in Huddersfield, and she's another incredible writer. But she wants me to go and do music like Godflesh, and which is a lot more heavier. <laughs> so full <laughs> on drone metal. So, but yeah. Best way to be. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. It's so exciting though, isn't it? It's possible yeah. collaborations and, yeah, you know, I love, I love Yeah, I love working with people. Even if it doesn't always work the way you want, it doesn't even work out. I'm always a believer. It's just experience of doing it with people, sometimes working, interaction, and that's why so. Yeah, and that's part of the whole thing with creativity as well. Of A big part of creativity is probably the hugest is just improvising and experimenting and having a go at something. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work, but it, it never works how you think it does in your head. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nothing God, never no. turns out like how it just looks like yeah. in your head, does it? No, Nothing. it never does. It never does. And sometimes some of these pieces can all drag out for years if you get them done as well. So now I want to ask you about next about your writing services. Because yeah. on the website, you've got a big section on there called Do You Need a Storyteller? So tell us a bit about mm. that then next. Okay. Yeah, I like the word storyteller as opposed to a writer, because I think that's, you know, essentially that is what we're doing all the yeah. time is telling a story, whether it's something factual or something completely imaginal. Um, so, and, and I believe that we're all storytellers, you know, all the time, even if we're not writing, you know, by the way we look, the way we walk, you know, just how we hold ourselves and so on. Um so the, the, the storytelling that I do either is my own writing stories, which, as I say, was often short stories and working on a book of um, adult fairy tales, some retellings of traditional tales, some modern ones that I'm making up. Um, and I also write for um, a few different places you know it's always trying to find new places to put your writing out there but I've been writing for Elephant Journal for a while and I've been doing a series called the A to Z Guide to Being Human. I was um, going to ask you about that tell us about that yeah. that's, the one that, that's how I first came up where your work really is you were putting the post off and I would have to spell down because I thought they were brilliant. Oh thank you that's really lovely um I don't know what it is I like having these I need to give myself structures as I'm not very good otherwise so this came about I think from not this year, but the beginning of last year. And I had a couple of pieces. I had, obviously, we're like, you know, just had our first year of COVID. So I had a piece about loneliness and a piece about disappointment. And I think it was a friend of mine that was that was saying, oh, you know, if you did these, like, once, once a week or once every other week over the year, you'll have 26, you'll have the whole alphabet, you can maybe do a little book. And I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. Um I haven't quite finished them yet because obviously life gets in the way. So it's just that. It's just take, I just I like to write about life. Like I started blogging a long time ago, probably when it was quite new on like blogger, I think it was. So I've always written about life and life and creativity and soul and living and just being human, you know, all the kind of psychological stuff as well that I mentioned before. So this series is still ongoing and it is available on my elephant journal page which you know if you do go to a website you can access it through there um it's a little bit sporadic but it's yeah it's a platform to put put stuff out there basically 
to trying different different things at the moment. So there's that side of it. And then also I work as, um, yeah, I create courses for people and do content writing. So that's kind of more like the, the day job work. I'm very lucky in that I get to write for a living, even if it's oh, not yeah. all my own stuff. But I've actually been really lucky in the work that I've done has been interesting. And I can put yeah. kind of... Need to get you talked to my wife, Amanda, because... Need to get you talked to my wife, Amanda. She does actually, she does a lot of content writing herself for a living as well during oh. the day. So it's, it's really interesting... I think for people to get into. So I know on what Amanda's story was like, how did you get into the content writing? Um, it's, I think, a mixture of, well, actually, no, how I got into it and how I got this work that I've been doing um, for the last year, really, with this company in London is it was the beginning of lockdown and I found myself, like a few people, full of creative energy. Like, obviously, people had different responses to this. Some people went into freeze, into panic, survival, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I just found I had a creative energy. And it was the thing anyway. You could just see. At the beginning of lockdown, the amount of humour, the stuff that people were posting was unbelievable. It was, the creativity was, that's where we go to, isn't it, as humans, I think. It's like the first step we went to. And a friend of mine that lives down south, we, I don't even know how we decided to do this. We just thought let's make a course together like she's quite similar in the things that she does and we ended up making a course called write your book in six weeks wow and six weeks <laughs> you know what andy oh my god we've run it three times and it is i have to say it is one of the best writing courses people have actually said it is wow. it is amazing and so we did the first one completely live and we had like a group of 30 people from all around the world, because obviously Zoom days, you're suddenly like, whoa, you know, you can have people on, on there from anywhere. That was really exciting. And yeah, and we recorded all these videos, we made workbooks, and we worked really well together. We'd never collaborated before. We, we realised we worked really well, like, you know, where she got excited about spreadsheets and her eyes lit up, I'd be excited about, you know, some research for the topic that we were doing so it was a perfect collaboration so we ran that that was really successful we did it again later in the year and then did it beginning of last year it's now on the available as a digital course um and then actually it was through my friend she ended up getting work um doing kind of development for this say women in business company in london and mm. she brought me on board as well and um and so far it's been really really interesting and it's brought up other opportunities as well and um, and I think as a writer, actually, it's it's really good in honing different kinds of skills. So not just the imagination writing your kind of stories in that way, but the more technical aspects, which was Definitely. always slightly like, you know, I think because used to be because having come from being a painter, I've never had a problem with the imagination side of things and the quite <laughs> lyrical descriptions. But when it comes to the technicalities of how to format and you know, all that, the structure kind of stuff of, of it. Um, I learned a lot from the writer's group, but also from doing content writing and transcribing and stuff that you might be like, about, like, nah, okay. But actually, you know that it's it's feeding your resource pile for what you do. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, I agree. I'm always a believer as well with creativity as well. Once you've mastered one medium, I think you trained your brain and, and then you can move into other fields and then... Once you've mastered one, then the second onwards, I think, are easier to do sometimes. Yeah, That's it's like why. a muscle, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's a muscle and you kind of keep progressing and you keep building and you can't see what, you know, you look back over a year ago or something and you go, wow, okay, I've got really developed these skills here. I didn't even realise that 
really good at this or actually really like this or I don't like that side and I'll put that side down and you know and it all feeds back into um yeah but but just thinking about now I think actually where you where you kind of saw my writing beginning of the year was a hundred day project I was doing. That was the one. Was... That was the one. I had made a ten day project. Yeah, I do you know what? Definitely... I, I love doing stuff like this. I did a forty. So I'm nearly fifty. Me fifty in February, but before I turned forty, so I've seen a mm. decade ago. I decided to do a forty days before forty project and did it as a writing thing and just mm. going through lots of things in my life and I really liked it. I've done another one since, and then obviously doing the A to Z things. Then this hundred day project is an extraordinary artist and somebody who really supports the arts this woman can't get her name i think it's salika juluad that's completely wrong i know that's completely wrong he's married to john baptiste the amazing um beautiful musician but she's a massive supporter of the arts and um and i think this is the fourth year of doing this 100 day project anyone can join and you can do whatever and i was like it's a really good way of getting back in and actually doing smaller pieces as well which is quite new for me because i normally do more prose so to keep Mm. these quite short was a really again that gave I found I don't know really having a short piece made me bring in different things like bits of memories and gluing bits of stuff together it's a whole different way yeah. of writing I, I really enjoyed it as a practice I, I did something on when I turned 50 this year or last year actually when I wrote to it because um, I tend to do it every year with Napoino you know National Poetry Writing Month Oh, and yeah, yeah, last yeah. year, I've got a spare copy of Napoleon. When we meet, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it aside for you. Mm. I did sort of called Haiku of Life, where I wrote a haiku for one for every year of my life over one spell last year. So I picked out one little memory and basically ran a haiku on one memory of each year I did. Although, although with some of them, I had to go and ask my mum and dad because I couldn't remember I was anything. Say, when I was do you remember of... something from every single year of your life? No, I, I the first I had to ask on a couple of them, <laughs> so that's right. the best way to put it right. So, and um, someone's a bit more selective. Thing so. to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a copy of you. I've got a spare copy. So good. I remember coming back from um, one weekend because my art therapy training was in London. I had to go down like two or three. Um, mm weekends and months and usually it was on megabus that's a whole other you know, we don't want to go there but the, the times when I felt flush and I could get a train down instead but I remember on the way back once I spent the whole time writing haikus on the train you know just what you could see and like people the way that they were leaning and sounds and stuff and it went very fast that journey and it was such fun to do that it really makes you pay attention doesn't it it's lovely yeah it does it's a good way to train your brain sometimes it is and it's I have spells and for people why I was wondering I'll do a load in one day and I won't write for about a month or two just it's mood sometimes anymore than anything else so now i want to ask you a couple of things to start wrapping up in this chapter i want to give you time to do a bit of reading yeah. for us today now i know mm. you did a play thing didn't you fairly recently mm, i did in, i did in the end of may yeah. i believe it was yes called ejaculation falls so yes. i want to learn about that next then tell us obviously first yeah. of all about where this came from and how did it go yeah you really have been doing your research, haven't you, Andy? I'm very impressed. You could be a detective, actually. If you oh, no. To, I'm, a wing in the, I'm a wing in a okay. prayer man rather than a detective. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> well, tell us um, about that next to Serious Day, right? Yeah, so that was... I saw that on the Arts Council job listings. And um, one of the things I wanted to do for quite... Probably, like, for a long, long time in my life... You know, I mentioned about the shyness thing when I was younger. And um, I kind of, like... 
I don't know, I guess I swallowed my voice quite a lot in lots of ways. And and then there's been a big reclaiming of that for me, which is interesting as a writer. And part of that is now like, yeah, wanting to do more embodied work, which is, you know, stand in front of the crowd and have that real audience engagement and all the, the moves and emotions and everything from that. Um, and then doing performance as well. So I saw this and it was a call out for not five non-performers. And it was with this beautiful, really extraordinary Finnish director, Essie Rossi, her name is, that was coming over to be part of um, a kind of small grassroots Manchester festival called Sick Festival. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, yeah, I haven't. But again, there's lots oh, okay. I've not heard of. So. <laughs> yeah, I had heard of it. Well, I'm surprised that they don't. I think their um, publicity isn't very good, to be honest. But they're like a, a mental health and arts um, festival that run every year. Um, I think it's every year that they run this. And then they also do a big part to do with sexuality as well. So the director, Essie, she was looking for people to speak about their aspects of sexuality. And that is a big area that I like to write about and explore as well. And for me, sexuality and creativity are the same energy. They're just different ways of expressing that energy out into, into life. So a lot of my work, actually a lot of my courses that I create are very much about connecting with both of those. Um, so I was really interested and I applied. I haven't done anything like this for a long time and then got the part and absolutely loved it, Andy. It was like, it was pretty much three weeks working in a closed space with beautiful other people, all of us straight away from the first day, you know, really connecting. And we were looking at finding our own stories. You know, we had certain questions that were set by SC and things reached to us to explore. But it was very much like being that storyteller of our own lives and around our sexuality and our journey around that and things that have come up and the differences and things that have been challenging, stuff so we're celebrating. And it was really beautiful. We, we did it for two nights of the public. We had Danny Boyle come to the first night. Yeah. Left oh, us an amazing brilliant. review as well. I know. I was like, result. Just get in there. I would have said, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's my, wow. my first debut night. Um, but it was an amazing piece. And the whole thing for her was getting other people to go away with questions, you know, go away with finding their answers to the questions that we po po poised, posed, hmm. posed to the audience. Um, and we worked with a sex therapist and we had a Q&A afterwards with us and the director and the sex therapist and people were really sharing quite intimate details about their lives. And for me, that kind of performance that is very vulnerable and real and connective is really makes me feel excited about wanting to even go further with that in myself. I've got you know some ideas and things I want to explore and play with going forwards. And good. Well, that's the that's with my next second last question. Actually, we'll move on to yeah. that now. Coincidentally, actually, but I always like when I'm, two last bits I like to wrap up the chat bit is I like to ask an artist and the writer like yourself what what plans do you have next? And so oh, okay. carry on with that train of thought. Look at that. Yeah, okay. It led there naturally. Perfectly naturally. Right. See, that's a good flow, isn't it? Um, well, I want to finish my book of these fairy tale books. And they've been going hmm. for quite a few years now. And I go, you know, I write and then, you know, it's like and stuff goes in a drawer. And actually a friend of mine, and he's an illustrator, um, incredible illustrator. We started collaborating last year. I think it was last year on these stories and we decided oh, it would be beautiful is to make it a nice almost like a coffee book with her beautiful art like plates and then these stories um so we started doing that for a while and then that disappeared but I want to get back on that but I've been really inspired recently by reading short stories by kind of like modern 
horror writers like Kirsty Lomas, and if you've read any of her stuff, mm. Scottish writer, no, Harry Macabre. This is what I love now. Perks of the internet. Kirsty Lomas. Right. Yeah. No, um, there we are. I found her. No, I hadn't. I found it's weird because I don't tend to do short stories. I'm just going to find the other one as well. Um, that got me into this. Very macabre, but really, really beautiful. Oh yeah, Mariana Enriquez. She's an Arge, I think she's an Argentinian writer, and mm. she's got a couple of short story books. I think one of them won a big prize a few years ago. And just love their dark but they're also filtered through like, the political aspects of Argentina and the whole regime, which was quite dark and spooky. Not like traditional spooky stories, but really beautiful. So it's just, I think I quite like to go a bit darker in my writing as well. And I love horror films, so bring on, some of that in. So that's what's, what horror film, like. what's your favourite horror film? Then? Go on, I've got to ask you, you must have a couple. Are you into horror? Um, Amanda is more than me. Mm. I, I, I can name a couple I do like, but I like weird ones. Okay. I'm, I'm a bit weird. Oh, I've <laughs> probably, yeah, I've probably seen them all. I'm literally obsessed with horror horror films. Um, well, I think my absolute favourite has to be The Thing, the Kurt Russell, the John Carpenter. Oh, yeah, it was fair. It's a classic, it's well. a classic isn't it? So. Oh, it's a classic. I can't, you know, I could watch that over and over again and not get bored of it. I think the animatronics, the, the, the paranoia setup, the music and... And all of that is is amazing. And then I like things like there's a film called The, Ru- the Ruins, which is yeah, about a group. Yeah, I've heard of, it, heard of that one as well. Certainly. Yeah, it's pretty nasty, but for some reason I find it really comforting. <laughs> I can watch uh, it for comfort. I don't uh, know what it is about that. My sister has that as well. We can go turn to like a horror film that we like and that are really sick and go, yeah, let's put that on just to kind of, you know, something nice to watch in the evenings. Uh, what a nice, but a gentle, a gentle listing of watching <laughs> I know, I know what Amanda's like. She asked me what she's because she got me to watch all fifteen seasons of Supernatural over tea. I've not seen that one. American Horror Story is good. Did she watch that oh, one? She loves American Horror Story, yes, and she so loves good. American American Horror Stories because there's a spin-off series knocking around now as well. Yeah, I've not seen those. I need to check those out. Can't tell um, you. I can't tell you. Don't even meet my wife. She'll tell you about that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. No, I look forward to it. No, that'll be. Um, yeah, my favorite couple of horror films I do like. And I'm talking about the weird ones now. There's an Iranian vampire film knocking around called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I've seen it advertised and good. It's good. Yeah, the soundtrack's, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. soundtrack's really good as well. Dinner, nice one. Of, I'll check out. Iranian, interesting rock, shall we say. And the other one I like is one called The Orphanage. And I've forgotten the name of the director. It's my Spanish director. Yes. Yes, I know that. The beautiful. Yeah, really like. Yeah. It's a bit That's, like what's his name, Del Toro. I love yeah, Del Toro. Del Toro didn't do it. Oh. He had handed it. He executive produced it. And yeah, I, I Alejandro Ajo or Ajo or something. His name is, isn't like it? Yeah, yeah. Great quite... imagination. So I think all of that Catholic growing up with all those really insane Catholic images is obviously yeah. going to have an impact on your brain, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. So, so that is so. Apart from that, obviously, you got a book in mind. Is there anything else you you got planned for the future? Would you like well, to do I... another show or anything? Would I soon? Yeah, you like your show you did. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's listening, got things. You know what I mean? Call me, whatever. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I maybe write something. I think I'd like to do something like that actually. So that's what I'd like to put my energy into this year. Do some more getting up on stage with an audience, doing spoken word, but also maybe write something that's a little bit more performance related. Oh, um, 
And then I'm also, I'm learning tarot at the moment after playing with them for years and years and years and years, I've actually invested to work one-to-one -one with somebody. And I have, I'd, there's some point down there, probably when I hit the 15th in February when I finish this training, I'd quite like to do some kind of performance stuff with tarot and I know somebody. I know somebody. I could put you in contact about that. Don't you? So nice I know one. some. I know yeah. somebody. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to name yeah. and shame the young lady on. You know, on, on here, so I'll tell you that. No, no, no. You'll so. tell me later. And yeah, then just one other thing, just as a kind of a side to that, just because you asked, is um, running one of my creative life coaching courses being in September, which is connecting people to that. It's called the Erotic Key, and you don't have to be scared by it. It's not like you don't have to do anything like sexual, whatever. But it's connecting back to that that juiciness, you know, that creative juiciness and how we can um, embody that a little bit more and looking at pleasure and desire and living values and things that get in the way and creative process. And we're going to look at money as well and the energy of that currency and the language around that. So there is a performance aspect that we'll all do at the end of it as well. So I'm looking forward to, to, to putting that out there as well. So it's combining all of those things. No, I think um, it's a good. It's a good thing that you. You certainly like you. People are like guests by now. You've got you've got a lot of interest, and I think you like before you, you're moving in your own natural directions. So definitely good luck with it. So, Thank right, you. okay. Thank I want to give you a chance to bit of reading for us now. So we'll wrap up this mm. bit now. If people want to find out more about you, Heidi, where do you recommend people going? Yeah, probably two. Well, actually, I say three places. One is my website, which is Heidi Hinder. H-I-N-D-A, HeidiHinderChadwick.com. Um, and then Instagram, I like Instagram. Makes it feel nice on there um, as opposed to Facebook. Uh, so I'm Heidi Hinder on Instagram. And then I also have a YouTube channel, which I'm actually going to start getting back to this week, putting videos about creative process and different things, which I really love doing. Haven't done anything since last year. So you can find details of that from my website, actually. I'll give you a link to... Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll put the links on these on the right up with this podcast nice anyway, straight away. I'll have to do some searching on for your, your YouTube page. I didn't know about that one, but I'm I sure. Send it to you. Yeah, send it over to me because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, Actually, we'll we'll find it anyway. So, well, brilliant. Okie dokie. Then we'll take a quick break, everybody. Hang around because I'm gonna get Heidi to do a few pieces for us next. So I've enjoyed this. It's been. It's nice sometimes, Heidi, when you chat to people like, and you don't necessarily know quite what you're getting. I knew your case. You're, you're your fingers on a lot of pies, so it makes it makes it really interesting. So it's been a great. Oh, you've been a great host as well. It's felt really easy. So thank you. Really enjoyed chatting to you as well. Look forward to chatting to you more. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay, guys and girls, hang around. We shall see you in a moment. Part two. Spoken label. Hi, yes, Andy N. Heidi Hindi Chadwick. Spoken label. My time for peace and quiet now. Over to you, Heidi. I know you're going to do two pieces for us. Over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. So the first piece I'm going to read is a, an excerpt from one of the adult fairy tales, and it's simply called Charming. Hero. A small word with such a heavy load of expectation, he sighs and grabs a handheld wire silver basket. Fluorescent lighting is a stark reality slapping contrast to the technicolored aesthetic of fairy tale land, his office since forever and supposedly into happily ever after, but it doesn't always work out like that. No one knows this, of course. Why tarnish a reputation hinged upon fantasy and dreams? Why plunge a billion romantic yearning hearts into a pit of, oh, 
He's feeling tired, a, a weariness right down to his bones, his ivory white, well-bred bones. Fatigued of fancy footwork and wonderless wooing, he had donned his old tweed jacket, slate gray, gray woolen jumper that had holes at the elbows, faded jeans, and had left his chiseled jawline coated in bristles that morning. Deciding that he was bored of eating from imaginary filled cupboards of flamboyant feasts served by fucking literary, not literally, small cartoon singing birds, he found himself inside a local supermarket standing near the condiments. What did he want? He could hardly remember, too long succumbing to her and swooping in to rescue. He had forgotten, forgotten the simplicity of who he was. By the time he reached the deli counter, his basket now held items that had given him a strange feeling of satisfaction as he had walked past them on the shelves. An ordinary satisfaction, a magazine devoted to cars of the past, fine as crackers with poppy seeds, a garlic crusher, though bulbs of garlic absent, a packet of risotto rice, a jar of green pitted olives and a uniform selection of green vegetables. It wasn't that he had not thoroughly enjoyed the years of chivalry and cavalier adventurings. He had, for sure, riding horseback, defeating dragons and beasts, witches gone wicked and evil stepmothers had thrilled him. The three musketeers had nothing on him. But it was her, always her, who had disappointed him over and over again. Yes, she was always grateful and showed that in unadulterated appreciation long after the storybook had spoken the end. But after a while, all his heroics and dashing daredevilry had become tiresome for him. Needing to prove his manliness and prince credentials wore on him like an over-repeated story. All he wanted was a cup of tea and a sit-down, a quiet night in by the fire, sharing time in each other's company without the grand fireworks and extraordinary epic extravaganzas. And as beautiful as she always was, his fair maiden always turned out to be pretty high maintenance. He had had enough. He yearned for a fresh start, a new life, devoid of prince and charming. And that's how he found himself stood in front of the cheese counter. Can I help you, love? A soft voice, a slight accent of northern roots long since tangled into a demure life of service, Delhi service, to be clear. He glanced at her, her hair hidden in a white cap, suitable for hiding away brunette locks of curly girl glee, though a few wisps had made their bid for freedom, he noticed. Her eyes bright and shining, cheeks flushed pink and lips of ruby juiciness. He noticed all of this, and for the first time in his life, he blushed, stammered, um, and turned his attention to the array of cream-coloured blocks, triangles, and circular wedges of dairy delight. How about this one? Soft and creamy with a hint of the Welsh countryside. She beamed at him, her plastic-gloved hand holding out a piece of goat's cheese on a small blue plastic fork. He panicked. What was the etiquette here? What the hell was she talking about? Aware he need not engage in battle with said piece of cheese, he took it and put it in his mouth, and chewed, and swallowed. It's a good day. She was still smiling at him, perhaps with a little more sympathy now. He nodded, lost the words, stood there blinking into the fluorescent lights. She was dressed in jeans beneath the starch white apron, he noticed. Not in a fancy frock, this woman. Why was he aware of that, he wondered. You're not from around here. 
She was squinting at him now and leaned forwards onto the glass counter, her ample bosom propped as merrily and as inquisitively as she. No, he replied, just arrived actually. She nodded. Yeah, I can tell, love. Hey, this might be completely inappropriate, but do you fancy a drink? I finish in an hour and, well, you seem a bit lost. And hey, I can educate you about cheese. She winked at him. Only kidding. What do you say? Well, this is strange. A woman propositioning him at a deli counter in her overalls. Is this how it was outside fairy tale land? Okay, why not? He smiled and held out his hand. She took it and then an awkward exchange occurred whereby she thought they were going to shake hands and he brought her hand up to his mouth and kissed it. They both giggled. Oh, get you, rather charming, hey? She laughed. Her face was pretty, he noticed. Not in a life of royal lardy daring way, just pretty, natural, refreshing. He winced a bit at the charming remark. Oh, well, old habits die hard, he guessed, and he made a mental note to work on that bit. Fantastic stuff. That really, really <laughs> vivid idea that was. You've got such a good, such a great reading voice there as well. Like Thank it was definitely he's definitely should go into doing audio books as well. Another, another skill Ooh. like it was I could have quite happily sat there just listened to you about an hour or whatever it was reading the whole thing out there. <laughs> Thank you. It's a fun one, that one. That really makes me chuckle when I um when okay. I wrote it. So the second piece is very different. And this is a response to one of the A to Z articles that I spoke about earlier this one was O for Orgasm that I wrote last summer and somebody on Facebook some bloke I don't even know who it was wrote a very mansplaining response which really pissed me off so in true creative fashion on the train to Liverpool that afternoon I um, wrote this and then read it as a spoken word piece and it made me quite pleased so it's um, yeah this is called Dear Man Without a Vagina Dear Man Without a Vagina Thank you. Thank you for mansplaining to me what it must be like to be a woman. I will endeavour to bow upon my knees, mouth open, to swallow you engorged amount of bullshit and bigotry and spit out and discuss your cocky disrespect that we keep fighting again and again and again. Sigh. Are we still here? How tiring is this? My knees hurt. Permission for the lesson in speaking up for our own female rights to be over for today? I've taken your notes, spat upon them, squatted and squeezed the velvet blood that drips from my cave upon them, ripped them, burned them, and put the ashes in my Baba Yaga pipe and smoked them. Sorry, you were saying? Thank you for telling me that what is vulnerable for me is veritable bullshit. I hold the monitor in my hand and hear the crying man baby shouting to be heard, to be right, to know what it means to be a woman. How silly of me, silly girl, as if I could dare to deign to drop the truth and demote the penal peril of performance and penetration of one's heart truth. Thank you for making me feel ever so safe to share these secret and tender places publicly and on platforms platforms thought to provoke mindful discussion, open dialogue, and mature, valuable conversation. How ridiculous it is to imagine a generic man might just carefully create a response that is not balls deep in supposition and sexist, saggy old story befitting the castrated fear of power loss. Shame on you for trying to push us back into that furry dark box. We will not go back. That time is over. You need to suck it up and hear our pussies speak. 
hush dear, and wipe the sorry come tantrum tears off your face. Thank you for assuming that by not going into a detailed and private account of all and every manner of my sexual life, that what I have written is purely clickbait, apparently, in self-promotion. I'm a writer. Um, that's what I do. I'm assuming that you read the full article and thus could read between the lines and pick up upon and hold gently the more nuanced and subtle musings around the subject. My voice is my voice. My words are my words. And yet you are attempting to force me to swallow them so that they glide like weeping razors down my throat, deep cutting and growing bitter as they press down upon my womanhood. No, thanks. I spit them back out at your feet. Thank you for making women feel able to open up about their sexual issues, stories that are held deep within our wounds and vulvas and the track lines of memory, both positive and negative, like Morse-coded messages that lie hidden in the valley of and between our thighs. Thank you for being toxic and boringly bullying, just the perfect response to our words shared from the lips of our most treasured, pleasured spaces. Thank you for having, sorry, thank you for being a dick. Yours pleasurably, powerfully, and promotionally, a woman with a vagina. Kiss, kiss. Excellent. Gotta be done right. I'll make sure that that may do the rounds. That one, I reckon, right? So <laughs> that's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. Stuff. Well, thank you today, Heidi, for this. Now, obviously, hang around because we need to sort of one or two things before we wrap up today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I so love chatting to you. Tremendous. Really enjoyed it. Me too, as well. Right, guys, girls. Over to Don Callis of Impact Wrestling. He has a saying that Heidi doesn't know what I like American wrestling, so he has a saying he always uses in his programs. Stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all next time. Spoken, mate.